This morning, I'm going to kick into a new series, and, um, and so it's called Built Different. And how many of you realize that we are actually called to be built different than the world? And, and, and it's, this is going to be a, very, a, a pretty practical thing, but it, it kind of ties in uh, with several things. But what I want you to really grab hold of today is that this is one of those messages that you can just take and do something with it. And uh, like today, tomorrow, and that's the important part. It's not important that you come to church and check off the box that you went to church. The question is, is what are you going to do with what you've heard? And, and so that's part of the building process because God is a God of process. Let me say it another way. Is that God is more committed to you than what you will do. And so God will actually prepare us for the future that we have in him. But we have to allow him to help prepare us. Why? Because we don't know where we're going sometimes. And we need the help of the Lord to help us. And he will even prepare us for the future ahead of time. Let me give you an example. Everybody wants to look at David and they want to do like that time lapse testimony kind of thing. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say time lapse? You know, like when you go online and somebody, you know, maybe it's who knows what, somebody building something and they have a camera running the whole time, but they don't play back the hours that it took to do that. They play it back in seconds in fast forward mode. And sometimes we can actually reduce people's stories to that even in scripture or even somebody's story that we hear in, in church. We hear a testimony. We're like, oh man, well, that happened over months or years and maybe even sometimes decades but we want to reduce that to like a 20-second story and say, oh, well, I want it in 20 seconds. Like we want microwave relationship with God when God's like the crock pot saying, hey. But hey, if I gave you the option to say, hey, today we're going to eat out of a microwave or a crock pot, which one do you want? I want the crock pot. Why? Because it tastes way better. There's, why? Because it took more time. And, and God is a God of process in our life. And, and so, but the Bible is very clear because as to how to do this, because we can build the world's way. We can live a life trying to get to significance, success, purpose, meaning, all of those things. And yet in the end, they will be found wanting. Because the world has a way to tell us to live our life. And yet the Bible tells us to build very differently. You know, I heard an interesting quote. I don't think I've shared this with you. I, was, I don't know if I was reading. I think I was listening to an audio book. And the actor, comedian, Jim Carrey, made a statement. I thought it was very interesting. He said, I wish everybody would get rich and famous at least once so they would realize that it's really not all that it's made out to be. And our society tells us, hey, we just need more, we need popularity, we need this, we need that. We need all of these things, but what we really don't need is popularity. What we need is significance. We want a life that matters. Like we want to know that we're here for a purpose and that we're fulfilling that purpose. And so how do we do these things? And so, you know, even when we're talking about looking at the long span of our life, if you will, is that all of us, if I were to ask you, what kind of life do you want? You would probably say, I'd like to have a good life. I'd like to have some blessings in my life. You know, I remember when I was a kid, there was a commercial. And I think it was part of the uh, war on drugs package. But I remember I, I used to see it a lot. And everybody would say, you know, they'd have these commercials. And it would be like, you know, I never said I wanted to be a junkie when I grew up. How many of you remember those commercials? 
Nobody plans for their life to be devastation and destruction and addiction. Nobody says, yeah, sign me up for that. But there are things that we need to, to beware, uh, beware of and to really uh, use wisdom in so that we can actually live the life that God has for us because God's life for us is good. It's actually fulfilling for us. It's not something that, you know, I know sometimes we can get, fall into the mindset of like, oh my gosh, God's going to ask me to do something that I absolutely don't want to do. And so I don't want to go that route. Like I don't want to go to Africa and I don't want to go to these weird places and I don't want to do all these things. First off, if God called you there, he would give you the desire for that. He would give you the grace for that. Like he really would. God, why? Because he, he made you a certain way. He designed you. And, and that design partly is what helps lead you into your destiny. But how do you get there? And that's really over the next couple of weeks. I want to talk about uh, a, a couple of different things. But that we are to be built Different And how do we move into the, a good life? I would even say as far as to say a great life into our future. How do we actually do that? And, and so let me ask you a couple of questions. And, and, and these aren't just rhetorical questions. I actually want you to think about these questions. Is how do you see your future? Like are you just kind of living day to day? Or do you have a picture of a future that's ahead of you that you're actually applying your faith for? Because really, and this is kind of the overarching idea behind this series, is that you have to live a life of faith. Not settling for what you have, not settling for what you can do. Why? Because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, think, and possibly even imagine. So take your wildest dream and God says, I can do better than that. But it's going to take faith. It's not just going to happen by chance. You're not just going to fall into it one day. You're going to have to what? Build to it. And, and so, you know, so as you're looking at your future, what does your future look like? Like, what do you want your kids to be like? Like, how, if you want your kids to love the Lord, you need to raise them in the house of the Lord in a way that honors the Lord. You need to model that in your home. Your kids aren't just going to come out at 21 like wonderful Christian people because you just said, I'm just going to take them to church one hour a week. You got to build your kids to 21 or 18 or 45 or however old your kids may be because it don't matter how old they are. They're still your kids. Right? I mean, most of you probably didn't just open the door at whatever age. It's like, all right, I'm no longer your parent. Get out of here. No, they're still calling at 30, 40, 50. Mom, I need some help. I need some advice, right? Well, are you helping build them into the future that God has for them? What about your health, your finances, your job, your career? All, what does the future look like? Like, if you were to really put a faith goal on it, what would be your behaviors to get you there? Now, to have faith, I believe that you actually have to get God's heart on what he wants from you. That's a, that, to me, that's foundational. But yet we can choose to build our life many different ways and on many different things. And yet the Bible gives us clear instructions about how to build a successful life. And, and so, you know... Uh, and this is important, and I've taught on this along this line many times, is that, but 
but it's important still, it's the principle, is that you can never take hold of, of what God has for you if you can't believe him for it. It requires faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible. Everybody say impossible. 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 Not possible to please God without faith. So if you're going to live a life that pleases God, it's going to require faith. You're like, well, what is faith? It's a lot of things. It could be trust in the Lord. It's belief in his word. But ultimately, it's saying, I believe God's word above everybody else and everything else. And that includes myself. And that's what faith looks like. But faith also activates things in our life. And so, you know, like the other day, my son, we have this little, uh, actually, I think it was yesterday or Friday. We have this little picture in our living room and my son was reading it. It's Hebrews 11, one faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. He's reading it, which I was kind of impressed that he knew all those words. And, uh, and then he looked at me and, he, and Darren, he goes, so what's faith? Now my boy's six, almost seven. He'll be seven this summer. And I'm trying to think like, how can I give him what faith is at his level? And I just thought, I said, faith is a picture of something good ahead of you. And he kind of goes like this. And I was like, you got a birthday coming up. And he's like, I said, do you think you're going to get some good things for your birthday? And he's like, yeah. And I said, you have faith that you're going to have a good birthday. It really is that simple. And God has good things ahead for you. But you've got to have the faith to believe that what he said is true. And so this is what we need to understand is that a great life is not found. It is built. It's built with uh, in, really it's intentionally developed and that it's even worked out over time. So how do I get to the life that I want? That's an important question. It's through faith. It's through patience. And most importantly, it's on a foundation. Foundation's really important. You're like, ah, it ain't that important. It ain't that important until it's that important. Because anything that's built upon it will only be as good as the foundation underneath it. And it's important that we have some foundational things in our life. Why? I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Storms are coming. Life happens. And when the hurricane is blowing, it's too late to board up the windows. It's too late to try to, like, fix the foundation. Like, the storm is here. And I'm going to show you this in, in Scripture. Because it, and it's important. Now, here's the good news. In our worst moments, Jesus says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I will not just see you in the storm, but I will see you through that storm. And that's important. And, and, and so we have to understand these things, but... The, and this is just a, a truth. I mean, I have a bit of a background in construction. And, I, you know, nobody wants a house with foundation issues. Why? Because there's cracks everywhere. Things are going to happen. Things are shifting. Things are moving. It actually compromises the entire structure because the foundation isn't solid. And so there's a lot of care given to the beginning of something, of the building. Of, why? Because that's what everything else is based off of. So it doesn't matter how wonderful that, that even the structure may look on the outside. It's what's actually built on the inside that really makes the difference. 
See, there can be cracks or compromises in our character that are actually flaws in us that God wants to work out of us so that he can build something greater. He really wants to do this. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn, click, however you access your Bible. Go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We're actually going to look at the account of two different houses in Scripture. Some of you have probably heard this passage of Scripture. Some of you might even, have, if you grew up in church, you might have even sang a little song about this passage of Scripture, this story that Jesus tells. I will not be singing it today because you'll have it in your head for the rest of the day. You may already be there. So how many of you, it's already going through your head? You're like, thanks a lot. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house upon a solid rock. He says, though it rains, though it rains and comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it will not collapse the house because it is built on the bedrock. It's built on the rock. The second part of this says that, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds on a house of sand and when it rains. So we have though it rains and when it rains. So when it rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will, or it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Now, Jesus doesn't say that the one who's built upon the rock is a Christian and the one who's built on the sand is a worldly person. He actually doesn't make that distinction. And actually, Jesus isn't the rock in this story, by the way. Many people say, oh, Jesus is the rock. I'm saved. I, I, I love the Lord and, and he's the rock of my life. Well, go back and read verse 24. Because Jesus is not saying, hey, if you got me, it's all good. Because you can believe in Jesus and still experience some hell on earth. Some of it being self-inflicted. We don't like to own up to that, but. See, believing isn't enough. We've got to do more than believe. I mean, the Bible tells us that even the demons know that he is God. But it doesn't change what they do. So believing in and of itself is, isn't enough. It's one thing to believe. It's another thing to actually begin to build. And this is the difference. Because especially for what we're, I'm going to use it in this context. There are two types of people in this room right now. Like this very moment, and my question for you is, which one are you? Are you the wise one who builds, builds your house, builds your destiny, builds your life around what Jesus is instructing us? Or are you building it on sand, which can be your own abilities, it can be your own wisdom, it can be a lot of things. But which one are you? Where are you at today? But see, faith and belief without actions is actually foolishness. When was the best time to pour a good solid foundation on both of these houses? When they were built. You start there and you build the foundation. You're like, well, I, you know, I, 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 belief is enough for me. The Bible says all I have to do to be saved 
is to believe. You're right. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about building a life that honors God that you will enjoy. Let me give you an example. Can you believe yourself into a beach body? (laughs) But I thought you said that belief was enough. I'm going to believe myself into a six pack. I'm going to believe myself into some tan skin. I've been trying for a long time and my efforts are, I'm lacking in faith apparently. No, belief isn't enough in and of itself. You need to have belief, but in and of itself, it's not enough just by itself. Verse 24, Jesus actually tells us what the rock that he's actually talking about actually is. In verse 21, 24, I'm sorry. It says, anyone, that's anyone, everyone, everybody. No exclude. This is available to everybody. Nobody's excluded from what Jesus is about to say. Anyone who listens, you got to listen, right? It's important to hear. Anyone who listens and follows my teachings is wise. You can't follow what you haven't heard. So there is importance in hearing. We need to hear the word of God, but something has to happen beyond our hearing to kick it into gear. It's kind of like jumping in a car, cranking it and going, man, we're going to have a good trip. Cars running, the AC's blowing, praise the Lord. You got to put the car in drive. Or you're deceiving yourself of your road trip. But how many of us as believers are sitting in the car like the wind's blowing in my hair? No, you just got the air conditioner on high. You ain't moving nowhere and the view ain't changing. And you wonder why. If you listen to the teaching, it's available to anybody and you follow it, you are wise. See, there really are two types of people in this room today, online today. You're either wise or you're foolish. Here's the best news. You get to choose. Nobody else can choose this for you. Do you want to be wise? Do you want to be foolish? I want to be wise and have a a house that stands, a life that stands. Why? Because I've built it on the right things. I didn't build it by myself. I didn't build it on my own confidence. I didn't build it on my own abilities. I didn't build it with what I could factor in. I went to God and said, God, you know me and you know exactly how you built me and why. So I need to go to you and to look to your word for the wisdom that I need to actually live a successful life. See, I believe that it's in the storms. It's in those moments of, 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 and they're critical moments. I don't have to tell anybody here about storms. We all know about them. We had a recent reminder, right? But it's in the storm that the strength of a structure is actually tested. Everybody thinks our stuff is good until it gets tested. Your salesman would sell you just something amazing. This shed is the most strong shed ever. Let's put some, let's apply some pressure to it and see if it backs up to your claims. 
See, sometimes people can even get into the mindset of that, that storms actually build us. That's not true. Storms reveal us. They reveal who we already are. And they reveal the work that has or has not been done prior to. That's the truth. Now, I'm not saying that our faith can't be built in moments of, of hardness and struggle and fight. There is something to be said for that. But see, sometimes we want to do, and it was kind of like what I was talking about a minute ago. We want to time lapse somebody's testimony and be like, oh, well, David killed Goliath because God helped him. Why don't you go rewind David's story and see the years where God brought the lion and the bear and all of these other things. And that wasn't his first targets. I believe that's the only, I mean, if you start with a lion, that's a, that's. I don't think that was the starting line. I think there was a squirrel. There was a rabbit. There was, there were some other things before David got to the lion. I'm just saying, I'm. Why? Because God was preparing him. It never was about the squirrel, the rabbit. It wasn't about the lion. It wasn't about the bear. It was about Goliath. But God said, David, I can't just throw you out there on the battlefield against Goliath and be like, get him. Why? Because David would have no confidence. What was the difference between David and all the army of Israel? It wasn't David's confidence in himself. What did he say? He walked in and says, I defy you in the name of the Lord. He, he knew I can't beat that guy, but the one who's with me can. And his faith and his confidence had been built. Now, not arrogance, confidence. Arrogance will get you hurt. Confidence, however, comes from experience. And God will give us, I'll use this word, small victories. And you're like, well, that ain't, man, this is my small victory for where God wants to take you. What you're facing right now is small. The problem is, is that you're seeing it in the lens of today, not in the longevity of where God wants to take you. So you're freaked out about trying to pay a hundred dollar bill. And God's saying, yeah, but if you knew where I was going to take you, if you knew how much I wanted to bless you, if you knew how much that I wanted to pour out my provision in your life, one day you're going to laugh about that hundred dollars. I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm here. Some of you, I believe God would actually, if you will trust the Lord, honor the word of God, God would actually allow you to tithe what your paycheck is today. But here's what I know. If you can't tithe on what you've got today, you'll never tithe your paycheck. He got real quiet on that one. Like you're just after my money. Keep it. But money is a reflection of our heart. If I'm faithful with what's in my hand, what I have right now, God can take me into my future. Absolutely. It's a principle from the word of God. Where's my faith at? You know, you're one moment of favor away from God unleashing all kinds of blessing in your life. All your hustle, all your work, all your energy, all your, all of that. One moment of favor can eclipse all that. 
David never had to pay taxes again in his life. Sign me up. You know, I mean, (laughs) one divine moment. One thought, one connection, one deal, one open door changes everything. But guess what holds that door shut? We don't build for it. We don't prepare for it. But when we prepare for it, our character, we allow the Lord to build our character, which is foundational things. He can build something amazing on it. See, I believe that Christianity has to become more than a label. It has to be our lifestyle. It can't just be, well, I'm a Christian by name. Yeah, but what about at the core of who you are, like, like the bedrock of your decision? Who are you? Are we just a Christian because of the title? You can call it our faith, but a faith that doesn't require anything of you is a very small faith. As a matter of fact, a God who never requires anything of you is a pretty small God. God will ask us for things. Now it's up to us. I mean, the Old Testament tells us death and life. I place it right before you. Blessing and cursing. It's your choice. You choose. He told Joshua, hey, it's, it's, it's all here for you, but you can choose which one you want. See, I believe we have to move beyond a place of just shallow faith and move to a place where we're strong and we're really rooted in the teachings of Jesus. Say, well, how do I do that? I've got to move beyond hearing, listening, and I've actually got to move over into doing. And sometimes that's going to require faith. You say, why? Because it doesn't make sense naturally. I mean, I consider myself a math guy. On paper, tithing makes no sense. Zero. Everybody say zero. You don't even have to be good at math to know. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. But in God's economy, it makes perfect sense. Less produces more. Why? Because I'm honoring the Lord. It's really not the, it's not, just so you know, everything about money, not in my notes today. So I don't even know why I'm saying that. I'm going to blame the Holy Spirit. See, I believe we have to, what, grow into some maturity. If I'm going to step into what God has for me and the more that God has for me, that means I need a better foundation. This is what I know. The bigger the house, the deeper the foundation. You can't just go slap a second story onto a house that you already have. Why? Because the foundation will not support the weight. You will actually have to go and dig all the way around the perimeter of your house and in certain spots of your house, tear the foundation out and pour a footer that is deeper. Your foundation is four to six inches deep. You want to add a second story? You can go ahead and make it about 18 inches deep. Say, how do you know that? Because I've had to do it. It's no fun. Why? There's weight. We want God to build something great through us. Do the groundwork. Do the foundational work first. Allow the the Lord to help you. And this isn't something that you do on your own. It's a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I don't know where I'm going. I don't know every detail of what God has for me. 
I can't tell you how many random jobs that I've had that I see looking in the rearview mirror. It is hindsight's twenty twenty. I can see where the hand of God was weaving a story into my life and bringing blessings into my life. But if I hadn't made that connection, if I hadn't worked that job, if I didn't do this, if I hadn't gone there, all these little things along, along the road that seem to be random, that today it makes a perfect line. And it's not a straight line. Because a straight line requires no faith. When God says, go over here, and I'm like, yeah, but I can't see around the corner. I thought I was going over there, and you got me going over here, and I can't see the the turn. Is there a turn? And the Lord said, just shut up and walk. He's nicer than that, but that's my version. And it requires faith. Why? Because faith steps into the unknown. Let me say it another way. This is going to make you real comfortable. Faith steps into the unguaranteed. It requires no faith to say, I can step right there. But what if the Lord said, step out here? Uh, no, thank you. But what if I took a step of faith and before my foot landed, there was a, a firm place to land it on? And then I got there and there's another step and there's another step and there's another step. And everybody else is going, how are you walking on thin air? I ain't got a clue, but the Lord got me over here. And before long, you'll be not here. You'll be over there and you'll look back and you'll be like, I see where God provided those steps all along the way. I didn't see them until my foot began to land on it. See, we can't settle for just a foundation of sand. Because the rock is available for everyone, anyone who listens and obeys. Anyone who listens and applies. See, as a pastor, many times I see where people have a disconnect between the things that we teach and the things that they apply. And as I was thinking about this, you know, uh, you ever had the, like the wind knocked out of you? It's the worst feeling. I haven't had that feeling in a long time, and I hope I don't have it anytime soon. It's the worst feeling. Just, you know. Or maybe you've had a really hard fall, or maybe you've seen somebody fall, and they jump up, and they're like, I'm good. I'm good. It's like, you know, it's like, no, you're not good. You're bleeding. <laughs> you know, just going to rub it off. I'm fine. Sometimes as a pastor, that's how I feel. People tell me they're good, and I'm looking going, no, bro, sit down. Everything's not okay. And the Bible says in James that you can actually deceive yourself. It's actually talking about in regards to the word of God. We may look at it in another week, but it says you can deceive yourself. Believe, saying, oh, I, I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. I believe. When are you going to apply it? When are you going to bring it in? Why? Because it's the foundation to build a good life on. See, one of the things that, I, that I'm keenly aware of in our culture is that we do not have an information problem. We live in the information age. If you don't like my preaching, you just go find somebody better on the internet. There's a lot of them. Go take your pick. Information is not the problem. As a matter of fact, a better preacher is not your problem. It's the application See, information, 
added to uh, application will actually bring about transformation. Information, you got to listen. You got to apply it. You got to do something with it. Will actually transform your life. What does transform mean? It means God wants to change you into something that you've never before seen. I do that by renewing my mind. I do that by taking the word of God into me and, and, and really applying it to my life. Like I would rather you read one verse and say, Lord, what do you want to speak in that verse? And I would for you to say, I read 10 chapters today. Great. What did you read? You would be better off to read one scripture a day and to actually hear from the Lord about it than you would to go read the whole Bible. What do you want me to do with that? Now, here's the other side of this. And this really is contrasting these two houses. Information minus application will bring devastation. Why? Because you know better. And because you know, you're like, oh, it's going to work for me. Not if you don't apply it. You'll end up with destruction going, how did I get here? Because there was no application. Here's a little phrase. I heard this somewhere the other day and I thought, ooh, kind of rhymes. It says, if you believe and don't do, your dreams will never come true. If you believe and don't do, your dreams will never come true. It's very, very true. Very accurate. Let me give you another scripture. John chapter 13, verse 17. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, if, everybody say if. That word if is an interesting word. It's a conditional word. Which means, hey, if you want everything I'm about to say, that means you got to do what I'm about to tell you to do. If you know these things, you've heard. You are blessed if. Here's that word again. If I hear, it says, and there's, unfortunately, there is a comma there. Because it doesn't say, you'll be blessed if you hear. It says, if you know these things, if you hear, this is Jesus teaching. He says, you are blessed if you put them into practice and faithfully do them. You are blessed not for the hearing, but for the doing. The message translation says it this way. It says, if you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Now, let me just help you. Take money out of the equation of a blessed life. Because I know sometimes people can get hung up on that. And you're like, oh, you're just talking about money. You can have all the money in the world and be miserable. You can have fame. You have all kinds of stuff. As a matter of fact, we just had that happen with a celebrity. Fame, fortune, for decades. They just took their own life. Why? Because they weren't well physically. And all the money in the world couldn't get them healed. Now, I don't know all the details. That's just the 30,000 foot view that I saw. Your mental health, your emotional health, your physical being, your body. Those are all blessings from the Lord. Purpose is a blessing from the Lord. If you're miserable with no money, you'll be miserable with money. You're like, man, I sure would like to try, though. (laughs) Lord, just let me see. No, see, the Bible is actually some old school truths that still work today. It really is. It will still work. 
See, it's not the hearing that brings the blessing. It is the, it, the blessing comes in the doing. So we want the blessing. The question comes, will we obey? Will we be wise and listen and apply the word of God? Because see, here's the thing. It's the linchpin. It's the thing holding up what God wants to do in your life. It's obedience. It's applying what God has spoken. What we can read in the scriptures. There's a fun scripture that I like in a lot in the book of Psalms. It says, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich. Praise God. And here's the better part. And he adds no sorrow with it. In other words, I can be blessed and I will have no regrets. Say, so, well, how does that happen? I'll give you just a phrase. How does God bless you without it ruining you? Because in, in God's dealing with us is that God will excavate before he elevates. You're like, what does that mean? It means he digs down to build a foundation first. He gets that set and then you're ready to, to grow. Then you're ready to build. Then you're ready to move forward into what God has for you. So coming back kind of full circle where we started in this morning. Say, well, man, I don't, because here's what I don't want you to, to hear from this. Is what you're talking about just a list of rules of do's and don'ts. You're just, that's legalism. That is legalism. You're right. I'm not asking you to do anything that you don't want to do. All I'm doing is giving you the choice. Blessing, cursing, life, death. Just like the Lord told Joshua, choice is yours. It's your decision. All I'm doing is kind of waving my hand saying, hey, there's a way of life over here. And there's a way to get. Let me say it this way. There's a guaranteed way to get to it. There's a way to get to where God. Why? By following the wisdom of scriptures. By not ignoring the warning signs, those little check marks in the Holy Spirit where he's like, don't do that. Pay attention, bridge out ahead. That's the Holy Spirit's trying to help you. So what would motivate us to actually change our behaviors? It's our faith. It's a picture of a better future, a better family, a better marriage, a better job, maybe whatever it may be. Maybe it's a, a company of your own. There's a, there's a future and there's, there's a picture of, of what it looks like. You may be dealing with sickness in your body where well, your faith needs to take hold of the scriptures that says that by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Not that I will be. No, I am healed. Jesus, my savior, took stripes upon his back so that I could be made whole and well. And we grab hold of that and we begin to, to speak that over our life. And what happens when we begin to speak the word of God? Faith begins to rise. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. And so I begin to stir up. Well, I'm just a failure. No, the Bible says I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. And I begin to say those things. I begin to respond to the lies of the enemy in my life by the word of God to produce what God wants in my life. But the difference is God's plan for us is fixed. It's set. He knows what he wants to do in us. It's up to us to what? To partner with him and say, Lord, 
I'm here and I'm your servant. What do you want? Reporting for duty, sir. But we've got to get into the word of God and and really. and, And so what happens though is that faith begins to rise. And when you get faith working on the inside of you, that's all the motivation you need. Because you have, let me say it this way. When you get faith in your heart, you don't have to convince yourself anymore. The problem comes when we're double-minded about something. James talks about this. James chapter 1 says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that man shouldn't believe he'll get anything from God. And so you may be here this morning and, and, and there's, you're like, yes, I know God wants to do this, but man, what if it doesn't happen? And you're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Just make a decision. Which one you want? You want to be broke? You want to be blessed? You want to be sick? You want to be healthy? And I'm not trying to make it trite, but I'm just telling you, according to the word of God, you choose. And if you're bouncing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, the Bible says, don't expect to get anything from the Lord. They're like, oh, how do I keep? You got to start responding. You got to change that picture in your head, that picture in your heart of saying, no, there's a better future. My marriage that's crumbling, it can come back. It absolutely can come back. I just need some faith. And look, and it's not that simple, but it is that simple. My finances that are just crumbling, you got to get a better picture. You got to put some action to what you say you that you believe so that God can begin to work. God can begin to move. And here's the thing. It's going to take a little time. You're probably not going to have a microwave testimony. They do happen. But in my experience, by the odds, those are few. God likes the crock pot. Why? Because it's better. Let me say it another way. The lessons learned in the microwave are soon forgotten. The lessons learned in the journey, you will hold on to. Why? Because they didn't come instantly and they, there was some pain involved in the journey. See, I believe by faith is that we get this picture is that God is up to something. I may not see what, I may not see how, I may not see when, but I know that God is up to something good. I don't have to understand it, but man, I believe that God is working on my behalf and I'm committed to walking out his purposes in my life come hell and high water. I'm committed to walking it out. So what are the areas that you need to really step into, lean into God's word? Of your life, like practically. Do you want to be wise or do you want to be foolish today? Because all of us have this choice. Today. Are we just going to check off the box of being at church? Or are we going to say, Jesus, what are you trying to tell me today? Now let me give you the ultimate reason why this matters. It comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read you five verses here. And then we'll wrap up. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking here, and he says, because of God's grace to me. Now, that's important. you got to start with the because. Paul's saying, look, I didn't do this in and of myself, but because of God's grace to me. Every one of you have God's grace towards you. Every person has God's grace in your life. It's available to you if, you, if you're willing to accept it. But Paul says, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. He says, no, or he says, now others are building on it. 
But whoever is building on this foundation must be careful because no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we have already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Inside of Jesus is his teachings. And this is why it matters. Sometimes we don't mind reading those first verses, but here's why it matters to you individually. It says, anyone who builds on, this, on that foundation, being Jesus, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. It says, but on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show, the, um, will show if a person's work has any value. It says, if the work or if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. You don't have to be afraid of standing before the Lord. There's a reward. If we build with the right materials. I want to build differently than the world builds. I want to build for something that will last. I want to build for something that will bring a reward into my life. And it does have rewards now, but it also has rewards in the life that is to come. And that's what this is talking about. It says, but if the work is burned up, it says the builder will suffer great loss. And you're like, oh my gosh, does that mean I'm going to get to heaven? And the Lord's like, nope, you didn't do what you said. You're out of here. That's, no, it's not what he said. It says he will suffer loss. It says, but the builder will be saved. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. I don't want any of us to stand before Jesus and watch our life just go and just realize our life never counted. Our life didn't amount to anything. It didn't actually really uh, fulfill the purpose of God. And so we have decisions to make. So we can't wait till we're there to make that decision. We're making that decision every day. Every day of our life, we're making that decision. We're, we're, we're walking out what God, really what we want, but also we can partner with God. And he's... Let me give you another scripture from the book of Psalms. It says that unless the Lord builds the house, he who labors to build it labors in vain. That's what this verse is talking about. If the Lord doesn't help you build your life, all of your effort and all of your energy and all of your striving will be for nothing. It will be for momentary fleeting enjoyment. And it will be gone that fast. But I want to build my life in a way. The man, when it gets revealed before the Lord, there's something of substance there. And I do it because I, I heed the word of God. I listen to the word of God. I, I take it and I begin to apply it and say, man, what can I do with this scripture? You're like, well, I don't know. I, I don't even know my first step. Here's your first step. Read the word of God. What a novel idea. Why? Because you can't have faith to believe God if you don't know his word. He reveals his nature and his character and his goodness through his word. If you can't see God, if you can't hear God, read him. He's given you 66 books of conversation to reveal who he is. Don't go start like in Leviticus or something. That would not be wise because you'll be discouraged on day one. Go read the Gospels. Go read about Jesus. Why? Because he's the image of the unseen God. He's, he's the visible representation. 
See, a solid future begins with that relationship. It really does. It, it, it's the starting line. See, there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus. Maybe they prayed a prayer. They've asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life. How do you know if you're saved? This is just my opinion. So I can't show you this in scripture, but it is my opinion. But when I read the scriptures, when people encountered Jesus, they changed. Something happened on the inside of them and they changed. And they begin to walk a different way. It's actually what the word repentance means. It means that I, I turn and go a new direction, a different direction than I've gone before. And you may be here today. You may be in church for years. This may be your first time. You may be the first time you've ever been in a church. You may be joining us online today and you're like, man, I want my life to count. When I stand before the Lord, I don't want to watch it all go up in flames. I really want my life to matter. You got to build it. You're building it right now. Every day you build. Every day. Every day. Every day. Whether you're aware of it or not, you're building for that moment when, when we'll stand before the Lord. And I don't say that to, to put fear in you. I actually tell you that to put faith in you. And so whether you're here today and you're like, man, I need to start a relationship with God. Or maybe you're here and saying, man, I need to restart my relationship with God. Would everyone just bow your heads with me real quick? This is your moment with you and the Lord. And I don't care if you're saved, if you're not sure if you're saved, if you know you're not saved. This is your moment with the Lord right now. To allow the Lord to speak to you.